Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to DDP Today, a show a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by all my brothers, all my buddies. We are all here because we have a very special announcement tonight, and this doesn't happen very often that there is a big change in the show. But before we get into that, let me say hello to everybody. I'm going to start with my friend to the north, Mr. Mike. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm um, adjusting to, I'm working day shift this week. So, uh, you know, normally the last couple weeks I've been working nights. So it's kind of weird being, uh, you know, your schedule all flopped around. I'm sure, you know, Katie's been working nights for a long time. So once your body gets accustomed to it, it's kind of weird. But the weather's been good. I've been able to do some family stuff, have some nice family dinners. So I'm having a complete great time being on days this week. So uh, I'm soaking up every moment in it and uh, I'm having a good time. If you mean the weather's good as in it's freezing, then yes. It was 52 this morning when I left to take Riley to school. Yes, but it was 75 this afternoon. Katie keeps... This is the latest I've been and have not put up uh, Christmas Halloween decorations because I was afraid of the uh, the hurricane, so I waited. So now she's on me. She's like, they better be up by the time I wake up tomorrow. I'm like, I am sorry, okay? I will get <laughs> on it right away. Our, our 12-foot inflatable Mickey pumpkin will grace the front yard once again. Uh, somebody that I know... Would love seeing my decorations in person. I thought of him today because I went to my favorite Mexican restaurant. And it's just not the same without watching my good buddy, Mr. Joe, take down the biggest fajita quesadilla on planet Earth uh, with no problem at all. Joe, how are you, man? Yeah, that thing is so good, man. It's like the highlight of when I visit Charleston. Besides seeing <laughs> you and the family, uh, going to the Mexican joint and having the uh, the burrito. But no, it's, uh, I'm good. Uh, survived the storm, which was great. Uh, so thanks to all the DDP family who reached out to me privately on uh, you know Facebook or whatever. Uh, appreciate it, uh, everybody checking in. Uh, spent a day in the park the other day. It was good to be back uh, in uh, Disney World. It was awesome for a little normalcy and to get back in the parks. And yeah, and I'm excited for uh, today's big announcement as well. I love it, man. I love it. And speaking of in the parks, he's coming off being in the parks just today, uh, stuffing some dinner in his mouth. I can see him there. So I'm going to try to uh, you know just take an extra second to let you finish that delicious bite. Dave, how are you, brother? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, awesome. just busy. I tell you what, busy. Uh, tickets went on sale today if you already had a current reservation for after-hours events coming back to Walt Disney World starting in January for all the parks. So that's super exciting. So I had a lot of clients, especially those marathon weekend clients, that are wanting to go because that first event at the Magic Kingdom is January the 9th. And uh, price point, that's not bad. I mean, it's a little over $130 for an adult. Uh, depending on the day. But still, I mean, look, you're getting, and I was explaining this to some people, you're getting the park at a very, very limited capacity, Dave. And yep. we're not seeing that a lot anymore. We kind of had that one-week period, but overall, parks are busy. They are busy. Uh, the We've had this weird influx of people that were trying to get out and people that were trying to get in uh, because of Hurricane Ian. And then the parks were weirdly not busy and then crazy busy so but we're getting there we're getting back on track uh it's been a few days and everything seems to have hit its reset and we're we're rolling along again 
Fantastic. Well, you know what? Uh, about four and a half years ago, almost five years ago now, Jason came to Mike and myself about creating a podcast that was built around family, built around positivity. Uh, and, you know, over time, podcast and our family has changed and weaved like a like a winding road, you know, like anything, a lot like the Disney parks do with the fact that it's Walt Disney's dream that they will never be the same. They'll never be stagnant. There'll always be room for growth and for innovation. Um, and as we grow as a community, as we grow as a show, we do like to make those changes. We do like to bring in new, fresh voices, new, fresh faces. And uh, Mike, I, you know, whenever, before we bring on uh, the big announcement here, uh, it, it's always exciting to me. You know, whenever we brought Dave and Joe uh, into the fold, it was a super exciting, you know, uh, day that we were able to chat with them. And then, you know, we've built this really just brotherhood with the four of us to where we've been able to travel together and spend time together. And it's just really important to have, I think, I think a lot of people don't realize how much we text and stuff like that and how much we talk outside of the show. It's really, really important. It is, it is. And you know, uh, the big announcement that we have today, I've, I've been really excited about. I know something that we've talked about for a long time, up and coming. Um, you know, obviously having Joe and, and Dave on the show was an, was an easy, easy decision for us. This was definitely an easy decision as well, too. Uh, it's someone who's been a very huge part of our Disney family for a very long time, since day one. And if, listen, if you stuck around since episode one, then you, you, you earned something because those first ones are a little brutal. So uh, so I, I appreciate his, uh, his, his dedication to the show his friendship his compassionship and his brotherhood and um, I'm I'm excited about this new addition that we're going to be adding and uh, Justin why don't you fill in all the rest of the details I'll tell you what I'm not going to postpone anymore look it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody you've heard his voice quite a bit recently we are super excited to announce the brand new Disney dad coming on to DDP today as a permanent host there will be five of us now uh, which makes it really really nice the one the only Mr. Dan Rossi how are you buddy welcome to the show what is going on, gentlemen? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. Uh, this was. Uh, I don't want to say this was a shock, but I was. It was definitely a surprise. I mean, being a part of this podcast for the last almost five years. I mean, it's, 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 it's changed a lot of my life. To be honest with you, you know, I, I, if you told me five years ago that I would have been taking trips to Disney World and going on Disney cruises with people that I've never met in person before, and now to have those people come, you know, into my life and basically be really good friends that we text all the time we talk all the time uh and you know at the end of the day like you guys have an amazing podcast you know i'm just hoping that i could bring just a little something to it just to make it you know a tiny bit better i, I give you my bull durham you know i'm just happy to be here you know i hope i can help the ball club blah 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 you know but again i'm i'm really excited to be here hopefully you know the rest of the ddp family is happy as well because i'm going to do my best to uh make this all good well, buddy, we're super excited to have you. Uh, Joe, you know, it's always fun to get a new, fresh perspective on Disney, a new, fresh perspective on, um, you know, just our lives in general. And Dan's been a great friend to us. And it's always it's so much fun just to get a new voice in. You know how it is. You've been a part of other shows to, to bring people on. It's an exciting moment for the show. No, it definitely is. And like listen, we all bring something different to this show, right? Now we're all part of the same DDP family, but we all see things from a different point of view. Like, for example, a lot of us now are pretty much Mike, you're including this as well. We're all kind of local. We can make those day trips. But now Dan being kind of from kind of far away brings in that like further aspect of like looking at Disney vacations in a different light. You know, we all bring something different to the table. And I think it's an awesome addition. Um, I was super excited when you, you told us about this. I'm like, absolutely, this is a no-brainer, ground ball. Any kind of those analogies uh, works for this, and uh, we're happy to have Dan uh, join us. And now, uh, Dave, we're not the junior guys anymore, so does that mean you know, Dan has to 
buy us drinks in the park next time? I mean, there's some sort of initiation, right? I mean, that we had to go through. I am so excited and down for that. Is, is that what comes from not being the, the lowest on the totem pole anymore? Like, very cool. I like it. Very. Also, I'd just like to insert a sports analogy here. I don't have one, but I'd like to insert it because I don't have one. Awesome. It's like a cricket. Uh, what's... See, I don't understand cricket because they just run back and forth constantly. You know, I, I've never understood. And they play the game for like seven days straight. Is It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've never understood your All of that makes complete sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, you know, it's uh, it was a no-brainer, Dan. Uh, so happy that when, you know, we chatted a little bit. And, you know, we, <laughs> me, you and Mike shared a hotel room at, uh, <laughs> at Universal Unleashed and had a blast. So. We're super excited about it. We kind of pressured him into it. We're like, all right, you don't get to stay in this room past the first night, you know, unless you say yes. Um, but it's one of those things to where we're super happy that you're part of the show, man. It's uh, you, you made the journey onto the text message um, today, which is, you know, very an interesting place to be sometimes with show yes. topics and other stuff. Uh, so welcome to the show. With all that said, we've now built you up. So uh, welcome. That was your dedication uh, yeah. to speech to DDP today. But let's move right into the topic, guys, because, look, as excited as we are about Dan, super, super, super excited about something that happened at Walt Disney World this week. Uh, you know, back on October 1st of 1982, something very spe special happened to the Walt Disney World area, and that was the opening of their second theme park um, kind of the complimentary uh, brother or sister to Magic Kingdom right there to where guests not only had one theme park to visit, now they had two. It really, I think this was the moment that uh, Central Florida became a vacation destination instead of just a place to go to one theme park uh, there in Florida. And it, there was a fantastic uh, plaque bearing, um, bearing Card Walker's words that were spoken in uh, October 1st of 1982. And it reads, To all who come to this place of joy, hope and friendship, welcome. Epcot is inspired by Walt Disney's creative vision. Here, human achievements are celebrated through imagination, wonders of enterprise, and concepts of a future that promises new and exciting benefits for all. May Epcot Center entertain, inform, and inspire, and above all, may it instill a new sense of belief and pride in man's ability to shape a world that offers hope to people everywhere. Guys, those were spoken by uh, Cardon Walker who was the CEO of the Disney company at that time. Uh, fantastic words, and that plaque still stands right there. I want to chat a little bit about um, Epcot in general, that we remember it, you know, in our earliest form. You know, I started going to, I was born in 1983 as the youngest one still, even if we put Epcot up uh, to this, you know, it's me, then Dave, then Epcot. And then I don't even know where the other guys fall. Um, but we're right there. So as the youngest, I started going to Epcot as a very young child, three, four years old. I was I was there uh, seeing it in its infancy. But my real kind of memories probably started in the early 90s. And um, going through, you know, all of these different, you know, it, it was a way to, I hated Epcot as a child, one. But it was a way to travel the world and not leave you know, central Florida. It was new to me as somewhere I could go to really experience something outside of my culture and uh, also to see innovation and see how Disney was kind of changing the world through their, you know, through their innovation that I really enjoyed. So for me, I started going probably in the early 90s when I really started. Joe, you were an early uh, inhabitant of Epcot Center. Yes. Loved it. Uh, we used to vacation there. I, obviously, when I was probably the first time I was there was probably in 1980. 586 um, was one of my first trips. I mean, obviously, Epcot was already open. Uh, the the biggest thing I remember, a couple 
fond memories as a, as a kid was I used to love World of Motion. And that's because I grew up around cars and racing, and I've always talked about that here on the show. And I remember always loved seeing the GM concept cars inside of World of Motion. And as I got older, seven, eight, nine years old, and got interested in cars, that was the coolest thing to me to see, like how you know, you know, they they built and what the future was going to hold. I remember that. I remember also going to um, uh, Universe of Energy, and for some reason, I remember getting those uh, comic books as well that were had like all the characters in it and all that stuff, and. I don't know. It's just like all of those like cool experiences that like it was a they were brand new things to me. And, and also Figment, obviously, you know, Figment was, you know, I remember going to Journey to Imagination and seeing the Rainbow Tunnel and playing in, in Imageworks and all the different uh, activities that were there. Like that's what I remember as a kid. And as it's kind of like I've kind of changing and evolving as we get older, it's kind of sad as my stuff is, is gone or is, is about to be you know extinct, for lack of a better term. But I remember those things and it had a lot, you know, it had a lot of uh, influence on me as being a Disney World fan because now as I go and I go with Jen and with you guys as my DDP brothers, um, I reminisce about those memories and all those good times. And even though Epcot is changing, I still want to hold on to, you know, that's that's where my Disney World journey started. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, I really hope it kind of still maintains a little bit of that, that learning kind of. But I don't think it's I don't think it's going to. But, yeah, it was a big part of my uh, my uh, Disney World fandom was uh, was Epcot. Yeah, 100 percent. Mike, you know, I I know you have early memories of taking the girls. What's your earliest memory of Epcot? Kind of your first visit there. Uh, I went with my parents when I was little, and I, I want to say I went in the early years of Epcot. When Epcot was probably only a few years old, uh, you know. Obviously, I'm 48, so I probably went there when I was about 10 or 11. Um, I'm, both my parents are school teachers. Well, my dad was assistant principal, but they were always in the education field. My mom was a social studies teacher, so. Epcot to them was a great place where they could, you know, bring us on vacation and, you know, teach us things. And and to me, I hated Epcot. The only thing that I ever liked about Epcot when I was a kid, my only fond memory from there was Figment, because to me, that was the, the thing that was the most fun there and most, you know, cute and cuddly. And I kind of liked, um, I did not like the aspect of doing the countries, learning the culture. You know, I'm, I'm on a family vacation. We didn't take that many, you know, we didn't take that many that often. And I'm expecting, you know, theme park, roller coaster, throw up rides kind of stuff. And obviously that wasn't what we had at Epcot, especially back in the infantile years. It was more of a, you know, like learning, learning type of park. So I really hated it as a child. Um, I'm sure as my kids are older now, they enjoy going to Epcot. It offers a lot, a lot more different opportunities for younger kids now than it did before. Obviously, with IPs and certain things like Frozen and some of the carryovers and Ratatouille that they're bringing from some of the movies that the kids are familiar with, it's obviously got a whole different feel to it. But my younger years, I did not like it. It was not one of my favorite parks. And I would definitely say that if if it didn't change, it, you know, I, it, for me as an adult, I can enjoy it now. But, but back then, I didn't. You know, it's one of those things where... I remember going to the Magic Kingdom. It, it, it took a long time for me to kind of pick up on Epcot and really how much I enjoyed it. Dan, do you have a memory when you were younger about when did you? You know, it's it's one thing uh, people know a lot about us, so I hope you're ready to be an open book. Um, <laughs> when did you really start venturing into the parks? We didn't start venturing. I never went as a kid. Uh, you know, I was the the poor kid from Chicago. We never we never ventured outside of like the the Wisconsin, Michigan area. Um, you know, loved Disney, loved watching Disney movies. But we never ventured outside of this, the outside of the Midwest. I never hit the West Coast or the East Coast as a kid. So um, we didn't go as a family until I think 2015, 2016. Uh, so at that point, Epcot is pretty much what we know of it as today. And uh, you know, again, 
I'm the type of person when, when we went for that first time, I did so much research. So I kind of knew what we were walking into and, you know, Epcot as it is today, I loved it. You know, I love it for more so the world showcase than I did, you know, the rest of the park just because of what it brought. Uh, my kids, you know, they were young at the time. I think they were like three, six and nine around that time. And I don't know that they had a great time there, but I know they did enjoy a lot of the kid cot stations that they had all throughout World Showcase. And again, there are, there were a few rides at World or at Epcot that you know the kids can enjoy. So we we had a good time there. But again, I don't have those early memories like you guys do. Um, you know, from from when I was a kid. You know, Dave, I think you're kind of in the same boat. You know, you you uh, came over on the Titanic or whatever it was, um, ventured over to America, became a, a part of our land. You got used to the toilets going the other way. You right, know, all, all of that, that yep. all, all that fun stuff. Right next door um, to check the neighbors, yep. <laughs> das Boot. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> for those, for those people Simpsons. who are playing along, <laughs> there it is. Keep going. Um, so anyway, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think your first experience was really whenever you came over to BCM. If I'm correct, correct. I, I, I was an adult. I was I was 24, 25. I came uh, for training. Uh, in Walt Disney World to join Disney Cruise Line and um, on a, those days after we had sat in class for eight to ten hours um, doing all sorts of um, safety stuff to work on a cruise ship and things like that I was like oh let's um, let's go and burn the candle at both ends and go running through a theme park and um, and got to go to Epcot and it was um, it was fun it was interesting I didn't experience the um, the skeleton element of um, uh, uh, which lacked rides uh, back in the day. It was, um, but it's always had that sense of uh, education and learning um, with a skew towards the future. I mean, if I'm talking to one of my guests, then they're trying to figure out what they're what park they're visiting, and I'm sure you do the same, um, Justin. If you've got somebody trying to figure out their itinerary, you're going to say, well, Epcot has a little bit more of an adult skew on what yes. they on what they do, on what they offer. Like, between the, the general atmosphere of it and the World Showcase and not quite as many attractions as some of our other theme parks to the unofficial drinking around the world element where, yes, you're probably going to see somebody throwing up in a garden bed sometimes. Like, it's definitely got a bit more of an I'm adult skew. One yeah. time. <laughs> All right. Just saying. Um, it'll haunt you forever. Um, but yeah, like, so it does have that more adult skew and um, it is a big part of the decision making process on uh, what you're going to do in Epcot as part of it. You know, it's funny, too, because I always talk to guests and I say, you know, especially if you have young children. You almost deserve a day. To, if you're doing a four or five day trip, you deserve a day for yourself to be a parent. It's okay. Like, go be an adult. Like, your kids, there's enough to do that your kids will still be entertained. But I, I really do say you should go have a day and enjoy Epcot because it is fantastic. Um, I want to give a shout out, though, to three people because we don't give these three people a shout out very often. Actually, one of them we've given a shout out before. The other two, they've never been mentioned on this show out of all the episodes we've ever done. I want to give a shout out to Don Tatum, Cardwalker, and Ron Miller. Okay, so these are the CEOs of Disney that kind of bookend um, from Roy O. Disney up until, you know, kind of the new generation that are that we're used to uh, whenever it comes to CEOs. And yes, they had kind of short terms that they took over, took over the Disney company, but they played a really vital role in bringing Epcot 
to Central Florida. You know, Dave, one of those things is that Walt Disney had a different mindset completely as far as when it came to Epcot and what Epcot was going to be. I mean, it was going to be an actual community. It was going to be a working city. And a lot of people don't realize the fact that, you know, once Walt died, that dream kind of died with him. But these three people, they not only were able to take his dream and kind of modify it and bring it to a theme park type view, but that also it plays a massive role in what is now Reedy Creek and Bay Lake and these actual communities that have a working center to them because of what Walt wanted from what was the original Epcot idea. I think without Walt's original idea of creating Epcot where there would be schools, there would be transportation modes, a.k.a. the people mover. There would be, um, you know, uh, people going in and out of office buildings uh, in a central city. There would be homes on the outskirts. Like, without that, I don't think Reedy Creek development, I don't think Bay Lake, I don't think all those areas in central Florida where people like you live and work uh, exist today. I I mean, it was the next big expansion and i mean it came more than a decade after the opening of walt disney world that um through a decade of what can only be described as turmoil with the passing of ron uh, of roy o disney um shortly after the opening of magic kingdom and ultimately walt disney world in general like he he got that uh ball across the line Yes, yeah, sports mm-hmm. reference, uh, yeah, and and kind of just and kind of just and 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 as terrible as it was, he he was done. He'd completed this mission that he had set for himself with the passing of his brother, and um, and you you look at the dedication speech from October first of seventy one, and he is a an old man who is at the end of a very long journey and it, mm-hmm. it can come as no surprise that yes he uh very shortly thereafter i think it was only seven eight months or something like that that he passed away he didn't even see it for a full year and so then we went into this transitional time period where these three men picked up the pieces and they were churning out hopefully something that resembled a movie and they were they were trying to keep tv stations going and trying to put together programming and then at the same time there was okay what's the next step in the florida project where are we taking this and so it was a huge achievement uh from all three of them that uh only 11 years later um the opening of epcot um, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, as its original acronym referred, um, uh, it, that it opened and it welcomed guests for the first time, and um, and it is a stunning achievement, particularly that beautiful moment of walking in the park, um, the creation of Spaceship Earth and the figure point that it is um, at the icon of the park, absolutely stunning. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about it. So let's have a little fun with this, okay? All right. Uh, so, Joe, one of, one of these things that I love about when we look back, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 years with the Walt Disney Company is that I can do things like this, okay? We get these amazing announcements at D23 that we're going to get, uh, you know, if you go back a decade, we're going to get new lands, we're going to get this. And uh, we fast forward Tron now is, you know, going on <clears throat> five years of being being built you know five six years it's, it's, it's up there uh but at the time when epcot center uh was kind of announced that they wanted to do this 
It was an estimated cost to the construction cost between $800 million and $1.4 billion. Uh, it was the largest construction project on planet Earth during the time that it was taking place. And it was completed within three years. Joe, that says something as to what these three guys, Don Tatum, Card Walker, and Ron Miller, the vision they had to really push forward the park and to know that, hey, if we want this vacation destination in Central Florida, we have to really knock it out of the park with this second park. It's funny you just said that because walking through Epcot Center uh, this past Sunday, and I was talking to Jen, and I'm already kind of tired of seeing construction walls. I'm sure Dave is really tired of it because it's, you know, we want to see the land. We want to see the park finished, right? And I made a comment to Jen and said, you know, they built Epcot in like three years. And, you know, and I know there's different circumstances and all that stuff, but that just shows you how bad, you know what, the leadership was back then. Because I think Dave, and correct me if I'm wrong, they were still building Tokyo Disneyland, the company was still building Tokyo Disneyland at the same time, right? So they were at multiple projects going on everywhere. So, I mean, that's how great this leadership team was. And, I mean, I don't know if this could be done today because I don't even know if Central Florida has the amount of resources to build something this large in that amount of time. I mean, I know they're struggling right now just to, to complete certain projects, but that's how amazing that feat was. And you know what? They did a really good job doing it. Like, that park is amazing. There's such a following. There's such a love for Epcot. You just talk to anybody who is our age. It could be a regular Disney fan, a vlogger. You see it online. People love Epcot. It's got personality. It's got... It's got it's got a following that I think, you know, the Magic Kingdom's a Magic Kingdom, right? But Epcot, people love Epcot. And, you know, that's how good of a job they built that much of a park in three years. Back in the 80s, you know, construction technology, what it wasn't what it is today. And it turned out that good. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty impressive. You know, it's one of those things, too, Mike, where Disney understands that with Disneyland and now, you know, moving to Walt Disney World, the Florida project was something that Walt wanted this idea of having enough land they would never have to quit dreaming and you know with Walt's passing and then with Roy's passing um, these three guys really pick up the torch like Dave said and they take off and they didn't dream small with Epcot that's what I love more than anything is that they said you know what we're gonna go big like we're gonna go big we may fail but we're gonna go big and if you look back I think that's what we can really take from most CEOs winking and nod um, that uh, they they really did go big or go home. I mean, Walt Disney did it multiple times with taking the entire, um, uh, you know, budget that they had, adding to it, you know, going into debt, putting his house up at multiple times to make movies that he had, you know, a, an idea that would be successful. But if any of those were unsuccessful, it's all gone. And some of these guys had that same mentality, and I think it really shows down the line in the success that we see in the Florida Project. Yeah, and I think Disney's always had that kind of motto where it's go big or go home, and they don't care if it flops. They're willing to take the risk. I think Disney's always been a part of that their entire, from inception, you know, from from Walt himself. It's always been, um, you know, throw everything at it. If as long as it sticks, hey, we're good. You know, like like we'll 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 we'll, we'll take the loss as long as we take the chance. I think that becomes a huge part of what, what Disney Company is is part of. And you know, there's been quite a few things where they've swung and missed, but. Not a lot. You know, the majority of the times I'm thinking to myself, like, what are they doing? You know, when they were talking about the whole Avatar Pandora thing in Animal Kingdom, I was kind of like, they're crazy. It wasn't even that great of a movie. How's it going to success? It's one of my favorite areas over there now. And one of the best rides in Animal Kingdom. So, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where they, they, you, 
they know what they're doing, and I kind of trust them when it comes to that. Um, it would have been interesting if Epcot would have been one of those actual kind of cities, and would that have been a place for the cast members to live? You know, could David be living on, you know, maybe where Mexico is? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, could have been one of those things where that would have been the community for everybody who was a, you know, Disney cast member, kind of set up for them, and maybe special housing, and be able to commute to work, and maybe take the people mover to work every day, Dave. I mean, how often would that be? <laughs> if I could walk out my door and get tacos is more what I'm thinking if I'm living in the Mexico. Mexico area. Um, absolutely 100%. You hit the nail on the head, Mike, because we have seen in the past where they scaled back projects and it led to what could pro potentially be referred to as the ultimate de demise of it. The big one that obviously comes to uh, mind is Euro Disney. Um, where uh, what we now know as Disneyland Paris, it was going to be this mammoth project. They were going to build real castles, and they were, and there there was so much going to happen there. And now it's uh, uh, been scaled back so many times in those early days where, and it, it wound up being a huge swing and a miss that we ended up having to rebrand it under a different name as we now refer to it. Um, and the same could almost be said for Hollywood Studios. Like Hollywood Studios was going to be this giant project yeah. um, and a fully functional um, production studio. And they started scaling back elements of it. It, and it took years for it to find its personality and grow into what it is now. And uh, really only in the last 10 years or so have we really seen it thrive um, with the creation of these newer lands and uh, opening up new options within them. So there's just two examples of where scaling back has been to the detriment of a project. And I think we're blessed that that didn't happen with Epcot. They 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 swung for the fences. They went at it, um, and they and it was it was an incredible success out of the gate. And it needed to be. The other thing that we need to talk about here, uh, if we're referring to the early '80s, is that the early '80s was such a period of turmoil for the Disney company where we were headed into this time period where um, uh, multinational conglomerate buyouts were being uh, pitched and talked about. They, the ultimate breaking off of the animation department and selling it off in small pieces was um, legitimately pitched as an idea. Like the, the Disney company was right on the horizon of potentially going bankrupt it, at times and it needed to be a success and I think these three men knew that uh that they had to make this a huge success it had to hit the ground running and it had to make the guests fall in love with this idea of the future and give them another reason to come back and visit Walt Disney World and make it that destination uh all of these factors played into October 1st of 1982 coming to us and taking us to where we are now you know, Dan, it's one of those things, too, where, um, like, Dave hit it perfectly. They're not only stepping up and taking care of Central Florida and the, and the Florida Project and Walt Disney World. They're also, especially Ron Miller. You want to talk about a guy that goes on to really push the envelope as far as um, movies and cinema. You know, Walt always said, Ron always said about Walt, that Walt would tell him that, I hate that I kind of pigeonholed myself into being a G-rated, constantly, you know, uh, um, entertainment venue. Um, they could only do that. And he wanted to branch off into kind of some more adult things. And you look at Ron Miller. Ron Miller is the one that really takes a leap and does Tron, you know, whenever they're looking yeah. at the movie Tron. 
Um, Ron Miller's the one that's that's pushing um, for animation, like the rebirth of animation. You know, he's in charge of the company whenever that's happening. So these three men really have this massive uh, input, and and you know, whenever we talk about Don Tatum, Carl Walker, and Ron Miller, this massive thumbprint that they don't get enough credit for on on not only the Florida Project, not only Epcot, um, but also you know the movies we see whenever we go into the rebirth of Disney. Uh, um, um, animation with Beauty and the Beast and all those films that come out at that time. So it really plays an important role. You know, it's it's interesting too, Dan, because they take such a risk with Epcot. I think if I was to tell you, hey, I Dan, I wanna I want to put our money, okay, all of it. I want to put our money together. And I want to create a theme park and I want it built around edutainment. I want to I want people to be able to be educated and we'll try to have fun with it. But um, but mostly I just want them to be educated. I think you would think I'm crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it is crazy. I mean, when you think about it, like th- that's Disney through the years. They're always taking risks like that, and they're how you know how many times through the years when they're doing something that we're sitting there saying, uh, "This is going to be terrible." I don't know if I like this idea, but everything seems to work out. I mean, if you look at the opening day attractions at Epcot, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a small list, but things have changed so much over the years, and th- and that essentially that's how Walt Disney wanted it. He didn't want things to ever stay the same. And, you know, over the years, they've changed things so drastically. And yet here we are. We still love Epcot. Like, yeah, I mean, it is it is very much the same. But there's so many new attractions there over the years. And, you know, again, like when we went there for the first time in 2016, you know, if you would have told me I was going to go to Epcot not knowing anything about it, that, you know, my kids would enjoy going on Living with the Land and Spaceship <laughs> Earth and, like, learning about things. But, like... Like literally, those are the rides we want to go on every time we go there. It's like, oh, we, my wife, she, we have to go on Living with the Land. I don't care. We got to go on that ride. So I mean, it, it, it like they knock it out of the park no matter so, what. So the, so you're gonna smell Rome burning. Smell it, kids. You're gonna enjoy it. Okay. You're gonna thank the Phoenicians. Right. Thank them. You know, just getting angry with them. Uh, well, let's get into it a little bit. You know, we <laughs> talked a little bit about our history with Epcot. Epcot in general. Um, maybe a couple things you I didn't know talking about you know these three CEOs that played such a major role. But let's talk about what happened the other day. Um, whenever we talk about the fact that October first of twenty twenty two, Epcot celebrated its fortieth birthday. I like to say birthday. Some people say anniversary. I think it's a birthday. Um, they celebrate it and they do it with a fantastic day there in the parks. Uh, Joe, you were there the day after, but you still had to. Uh, you were able to experience a lot that was going on. Um, take me through some of the stuff that they had going on for the fortieth that day. So, so first of all, I was at Epcot 35, and I agree, Justin. It was uh, it's more of a birthday. I remember waiting in line, queuing up uh, before the uh, ceremony for Epcot 35. We all sang Happy Birthday to Epcot. So I don't know if that was done this year. Uh, I did watch some of the live streams uh, on Epcot's birthday. I was there the following day, uh, but yeah, they they did do some really cool things. Uh, the merchandise was obviously a very big uh, hit per se like the lines were extremely long most of the day for the Epcot merchandise but I do give the Disney company credit I went the next day they had plenty of merchandise in the creation shop if you were not there on the actual birthday or anniversary of Epcot itself they had new t-shirts corksicles um, I believe the only item that sold that was like the Epcot 40th anniversary hat but they had a lot of merchandise uh, which was fantastic uh, they also gave out free posters as yeah. well so every Every park goer who left uh, on the first and even the second, they had extras left over, received a commemorative Epcot 40, uh, 40th uh, poster, which was nice. I have Around one the for parks. you, Justin. Do you? Thank you. I, yeah, I, I have uh, two. So um, 
I have one extra if anybody here wants it, or we can maybe give one away to our listeners. We can maybe do that later on. Uh, but yeah, they had, you know, as you walked into Epcot, they had some basic signage up that was going along with uh, the Food and Wine Festival, just to let you know that Epcot 40 was going on. Uh, I know that the day of the uh, celebration, I did watch some live streamers because I was not at the parks that day, and they had some really cool uh, uh, different uh, ceremonies. For example, they had a, a, another dedication uh, at 11 o'clock in the American Gardens Theater. I did see Josh tomorrow was walking around uh, the World Showcase Prominent, which I think was awesome to have. You know, senior Disney leadership was there. The Walt Disney uh, World ambassadors were there. Uh, that's Ali Mannion and Raven Redding. Uh, they had the vice president of Epcot was uh, on site as well. So they had a lot, at least the leadership of Epcot was there. So it did make the day uh, special. And the one thing that I thought which was amazing, and I, they, luckily they played it the second night as well, is uh, at Spaceship Earth they played a special um, a Beacon of Magic and uh, for with a Epcot 40 tag. And it was absolutely amazing. I don't think I will do it justice, so... Dave, if if you want to maybe describe it a little bit, uh, it was it's pretty it was pretty amazing. Beacons of Magic. Uh, for those of you who are like, what is what is Joe talking about? Uh, Beacons of Magic is the four icons of our four theme parks uh, that got their makeover as part of the fiftieth uh, anniversary. Uh, the Tree of Life uh, at Animal Kingdom has those projections that come to life, and we actually got a chance to see some of the early versions of that uh, before COVID happened. Um, but, but there is then lights that then come off the tree and reach towards the sky. At the exact same time across Disney property, all four uh, beacons, all four icons uh, light up. The uh, Tower of Terror, the Hollywood Tower Hotel uh, at Disney's Hollywood Studios has projections on it. The Magic Kingdom Castle uh, has it and it's timed to happen about 10 minutes maybe even 15 minutes before fireworks so that everybody who is assembled for fireworks gets that opportunity to see it. However, in my opinion, the bell of the ball from this, uh, from Beacons of Magic, without any argument whatsoever, I will not be taking questions, is Spaceship Earth. Uh, as the icon of Epcot, they did a complete overhaul of uh, Spaceship Earth. They um, did... They refinished uh, the outside of it with the reflective uh, paint and coating uh, that we've seen them use on these uh, icons which allows them to do the projections we have seen uh, projections onto it uh, done in the past, which um, uh, if anybody remembers when Mike Wazowski mm -hmm. decided to talk one evening, uh, and then I'm sure uh, way up on Mike's list is probably that Death Star moment. Yes, I, yes, I see your face. Um, yes, we've seen some amazing projections done on it. Uh, they redid that coating, which uh, gives a glorious finish to it. And then they went through, and on every intersection uh, where the... Um, uh, the panels of it meet, uh, they inputted a light. A, the, it's a high... I don't know, high wattage light. It's very bright. Um, it also can change colours, uh, and it is stunning. If you have not watched it, you need to see it. The way they light it up, combined with the projections onto it, 360 degrees all the way around. Um, I think there is a tiny spot at the top where they had trouble getting, because, but nobody actually sees that. So, um, But uh, it is absolutely breathtaking. It is the best of the beacons of magic presentations that happen and well worthwhile um, making sure to include it in your evening um, when you are in Epcot. Three things. One, 
You just mentioned my nickname in high school. The bell of the ball. Two. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can I get a playback? Where's the stenographer? Well, please read that back to me. Two, Mike. Um, I could have used you tonight. I was trying to install a, and this goes to lighting. I was trying to install a new hanging light um, for the front porch, you know? And it mm-hmm. took me over an hour and a half. And it's not because it's not because I don't know what I'm doing. That I know was how to just w- to get the box open. <laughs> it's not because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. It is really hard with a hanging light to do it with just two hands. Like it's one of those things where you're trying to like hold it, wire it, mount it. You got to use a coat hanger. Stop it! Really? Yeah. <laughs> you tie it up to the I'm, box, I'm, or you put it on a coat hanger. You make your connections, and then you put it up. That is so. You aren't tr- you 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 aren't trying to wire it while you were holding. The yeah, hundred percent. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I dropped. Here's the call me next head here's In the that moment, mark. was fabulous. Brand new, brand new light fixture. I dropped it from nine feet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a spot in the box, and you hang the light. Or it's even better if you don't have a hanger. Because some people have those plastic hangers now. Use some zip ties. Oh, I have a zip, zip tie it up there. And then when you finish your connections, then you cut That's the- why I need mics. See, that's what I was saying. And so the, it gets me to the point that it's amazing that they can do that kind of lighting in, in the amount of time they did it. And then three, um, Dan, this is by far, in my opinion, everyone knows my opinion on the 50th. Okay? I was extremely happy about the 50th. Then... It got to be a little much. Can we all just agree it's time for the 50th to be over, bid farewell, mm-hmm. have the sunset go, yeah. and say, all right, let's move yes. on to 51. I'm okay with it. Um, this was by far the best thing that came out of the 50th was the new lighting on Spaceship Earth. I agree 100%. I mean, like, that is, you know, it, it was a no-brainer. I mean, everyone will walk by. Like, we, when we were there in December, we made – we were staying at Beach Club – but we made it a point at the end of the night to get over to Spaceship Earth so we could see the light show and see it up close. So, I mean, again, with the technology they have now, they could change that pretty much anytime they want with just a computer software. I mean, there's so much they could do on that on Spaceship Earth. It's it's fa- fantastic. I, I love it, and I, I can't wait to see what else they do with it. 100%. Uh, Mike, this gets me to you. So there were a bunch of people in the parks on the 40th. And they were saying that the wait time to get in to just see the merchandise and maybe possibly buy merchandise was over two hours long. Would you wait or would you not? So I, I'm, I kind of got my heart set on some of the merchandise. And I don't know if it's – I haven't looked on Shop Disney yet. When I started looking over the merchandise because I wanted to see what they had available, obviously there's a lot of the spirit jerseys and the typical Epcot kind of wear. But I did see something that caught my eye, and I really, really, really want to get it. If someone can have access to it, I'd be happy to Venmo them to them uh, what the cost of it. There was an Epcot uh, Spaceship Earth with uh, figment on top, the ornament, the light-up Christmas oh, cool. ornament with the 40 yeah. on the bottom. Have you seen that? Very, very cool. It's a $29.99. If anybody is, has that available, I will be happy to Venmo you that plus shipping. Um, it is a very cool ornament. There was there was quite a few other things there. There were some um, some tumblers and um, there was an Epcot pin that I really liked. It was the uh, had the, the Epcot 40 on the front and the pin opens up and then had the Dream Finder inside. And they had a, quite a few quite a few pins of that series where you could open the door and see what was behind it. Uh, the Dream Finder one was obviously my favorite one out of all of the pins that they had on there. I have quite a few collections 
collectible pins. I buy them when I see them. Uh, but but the one thing that caught my eye was that Christmas ornament. I really like that a lot. Some of the spirit wear and the jersey wear, really nothing there kind of caught my eye. But um, I would certainly wait two hours online for that figment ornament. If it's if it's as cool in person, it's supposed to be a light-up ornament. If it's as cool in person as it was in the picture that I saw, I would definitely wait for we that. We can get that for you. That's no problem at all. <clears throat> Rick. I, I was just there on Sunday. We need to approve our communication, Mike. Apparently. Well, I just saw it today. So, you know, I'm doing show prep today. I see it today. It's, you know, I'll, it's, I'll it's, buy it for you at the same time as I buy my food. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Maybe Dan Rossi can buy it for you. He's yeah, a new exactly. guy. Exactly. Start sending money over, Dan. All right. You got to pay that fee. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some Disney resellers that'll probably have them up on eBay right now. Ew. Oh, you know what? Dan. I actually just looked, I just looked it up. And they have them on eBay right now for almost like one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we—they're the worst people on planet Earth. We absolutely can't stand them. Are they still? Are they still in the stores, Dave? Is the—is the merchandise still there, or did they pull the merchandise already? I don't believe it's being pulled. No, I don't think so. I'm, a, I'm a no. I oh, it's half the shop, Dave. It's half the shop. Literally, like the. It's they actually did a really good job separating it. It's like half the store is Epcot forty, and the rest of it is the regular Epcot merchandise. Since so the they've first, done a really good job with. Since the first, I have visited. Guardians, Test Track, Frozen, and Ratatouille in the last couple of days, and I have definitely not set foot in that store. Can I tell? Can I just give the DDP family just just for those people who want this merch, and you're not gonna be able to go? Can I just give you a, a, just a moment, okay? This stuff's gonna be available for the entire year. <laughs> like, I mean, legitimately, I think they're gonna keep putting 40th out. For the entire year. Everyone rushed to the parks to get the 50th anniversary stuff. Yes, there were a few things that they only did for the first day. But overall, just wait. I promise you, don't pay $150. I think this stuff will be around. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We're, but We are not friends if you spend $150 no, on something we're not. like that. 100% not. We're not. Not if you support I'll resellers. Unfriend you. They're the worst. I'll unfriend you right now. Um, <laughs> first, we have to be friends, Dave. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I want to talk a little about entertainment that day uh, on the 40th. The one thing I like is we did get on the stage show, Voices of Liberty came out. They sang "Wish uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, uh, which is really great. But my favorite thing is that you got the mariachi uh, that came out, and they had original, original CMs or, or people that were performing in the band all those years ago, doing it then. So they had people going all the way back since day one of them creating the mariachi uh, performing, which is really cool. I love those throwbacks. I love when when Disney um, brings in people like that. Um, also got the special ceremony, like we were saying. You got a special park map. Um, you know, Joe was talking a little bit about the fact that you get that special uh, poster, all that good stuff. So really, really good. The one thing I do want to chat about uh, with you, Joe, since you were there, uh, the day after, did you try any of the food? Because there was some really, really cool food going on that I would have really liked to have been there, and there was more stuff than uh, than maybe most people saw. The one thing I loved is they had the um, the waffle, the 40th anniversary waffle. They had the margarita, which was the 40th anniversary margarita, and came with the souvenir cup. Um, they also had the celebration funnel cake. But the coolest thing I saw, did you see the sake flight? So for content reasons, this is, this answer does not hold water for us. But uh, I did not go because I went to Ohana at four oh, thirty, okay. gotcha. so I was very very full. However, um, from watching a lot of the live streamers, uh, 
the day of Epcot 40, uh, I did see about at least the specialty sake flight. There was a pretty big, pretty large line in uh, Japan for that. I don't know how that was, but I never made it back to World Showcase. We literally went to Creations. Uh, we rode Guardians, and we hit up Soren, and that was pretty much the end of our day and watched uh, the Beacons of Light show, uh, Spaceship Earth, as we left the park. So I didn't get to experience uh, the specialty food, unfortunately. Well, uh, also, Dave would have loved, I'm sure you ate eight of them. The Figment Sponge Cake had our uh, our friend on top there of that amazing sponge cake, um, Ramos. But also, listen, Delicious. if you were a D23 Gold member, you actually got invited to a special party on that day. Uh, it was inside and uh, got some really, really special stuff. So all it took was that. Look, that's like a $100 membership. I do it every year. Really, really cool. I wish I could have been there that day to be a part of that. That's for sure. You know, one of the coolest things about being there for a special celebration is you want to, you know, memorize, you know, have that memory back and you can look back with your family and, you know, do one of those things where you can say, hey, we were here for that day. We got to do these special celebrations. We were able to be online and get that special merchandise. And, you know, if you're there in the parks in those days, you need to capture that moment and you need to take a good picture of it, put it on our Facebook page. And it brings me to my favorite thing every week. And that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. All right, guys, Dan, since you're our new member of this, you know, our permanent member, why don't you give me your pick of the week? All right. Well, my pick of the week uh, has to go to Scott Chenoweth. It is the fire engine red picture that he posted. A beautiful red horse-drawn fire wagon sits in the firehouse at Main Street. I mean, uh, you know, man after my own heart being a fireman myself. So that is that is definitely really cool. Like seeing some old fire engines and uh, love seeing them in, in Disneyland. So uh, that is definitely 100% my pick of the week. Very good picks. He never disappoints. Uh, Dave, what's your pick of the week? So I'm actually going to share mine with uh, Joe this week because Joe and I uh, both got to meet uh, one of our members of the Disney Dad of the DDP Today crew, and. Um, uh, it's uh, an incredible person who has uh, contributed to the show and even does a regular contribution, Cat uh, Dupre. Yeah, definitely a uh, cat. Uh, I got to meet up with her as well. We were both in Magic Kingdom on the same day on Sunday. She actually texted me. She goes, I see you're in the parks. I'm like, yes. And uh, she shouted over from Tomorrowland. I met her in Frontierland and got to meet her and her husband. They're there actually childless uh, for the weekend. So they're doing some adulting in Disney, which is awesome. It was great to finally meet her in person. And uh, so my pick of the week actually goes to Kat when she got to meet up with Dave later on that evening. So she got two hosts for the price of one. So that's awesome. So Kat also gets my pick of the week. And I wanted to include her in mind because she's got some amazing photos uh, that she and Eric have been taking. Uh, they got to do uh, the... Um, hold on while I use my words, the Wild Africa Trek uh, over at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. They've done some really fun things. And then after meeting up with Joe, they'd been back to the resort. They came back to do Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And yeah, I got a chance to meet up with her. And she even had a gift for me. She gave me a book. She found a book uh, that is all about koalas and how they're not bears. Uh, it's it's one of my it's one of my uh, personal soapboxes that I will uh, get on every so often, and um, and I actually sat down and read it to my daughter tonight uh, while I was putting her to bed before we started recording. So uh, I absolutely love it. I my love girls it. love it as well. And it, and here's the thing. Cat walked through 
Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, carrying a book about koalas <laughs> um, in anticipation of meeting up with me uh, in the park that evening. I sent her a message that said I would probably be around. And it, it speaks to the beautiful community that is DDP today and uh and how we come together and I just love it that yeah she's she and Eric are just walking around with this book um but it was uh so heartfelt and uh so personalized I truly appreciated it and it was wonderful to meet the two of them uh and I I think it's a big day if you can meet two DDP today hosts in the, in a theme park in one day that's an achievement I, think it's I don't the know biggest if that's one. Been... it's other than meetups I think it's like probably the best one might yet, be a record so. <laughs> very well done indeed very cool justin what's your pick i'm gonna go with my buddy tony ortiz uh tony was had a disney cruise planned went on disney cruise and i've known t- tony likes to cruise um we have had mutual friends in the past that we cruised together so he's fantastic um but because he boarded the cruise when he did they had to extend his cruise because they had to stay out to sea and he kept us updated throughout with multiple pictures uh, where he was on board the Disney Wish and enjoying his time there. And he was talking about how they traveled towards uh, Nassau, towards Calmer Seas, on schedule for Castaway Key tomorrow. Um, he said, all is well on board. Hocus Pocus 2 is now due to be shown on board because it wouldn't have been before um, because they did extend his cruise out. So lots of kind of cool extras. Look, we all we all went through the hurricane here. Um, and I think we messed up. I think we all should have jumped on board a Disney cruise and been out to sea instead of sitting here in the windy, gusty, rainy conditions that we had. So, Tony, absolutely love it. He posted his final picture was, the Disney wish finally made to Castaway. It's that beautiful view if you have a starboard side room uh, that you can sit there and you can look out. It's absolutely breathtaking, one of my favorite places on planet Earth. Um, Tony, thanks so much, man, for keeping us posted. Very cool. Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to our near and dear friend, Christina McSheffrey. And Christina McSheffrey posted a picture of Vivian going straight to the king, the pumpkin king. And uh, you know how much I love Jack, and she's rocking it out in that costume. So I have a you know specific fond love for Jack. And if you have a picture of Jack and you got a picture of your daughter dressed up as him, I think it's fantastic. So you have my pick of the week. I absolutely love it. DDP Today family, keep those pictures coming. If you've not done it so far, Go right now. Join our Facebook family, DDP Today Podcast Facebook family over there. Uh, Join that and become a part. We love. Post those pictures. Post those stories. You don't have to be in the parks, guys, to share your Disney passions. A lot of our posts come from people who are still at home that are living vicariously through people maybe in the parks or something that you have at home that reminds you of Disney, that reminds you of that positivity that's out there. So go join that community as well. Also, listen. Major, 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 major shout out to everybody for everything we've done with our Give Kids the World fundraiser. We're up over $6,500 now. We're doing really well. We crushed our goal of 5000 within nine days. We moved to 10000 By December 31st, we want to be over $10,000. We will get that done. 100% of your donation goes towards Give Kids the World. We love the fact that we are helping send these kids who have been through so, so much for seven days to Central Florida, to these parks, to have time with their families. The parents don't have to worry about the finances. They don't have to worry about how they're going to get it done. It is taken care of. Their lodging, their food, their tickets, it's all taken care of. And I cannot wait to be in the parks during Marathon Weekend to present the check to Give Kids the World, to be able to be down there and uh, and really just take part in the fact of what this community of people, of positive people, can do whenever we come together. You guys really are what makes this community work. It's not us. We're just five goofballs that get on a show, chat about our love for Disney. 
it's you guys that have created this community and we appreciate you for that so make sure you do that last but not least look if you want to help the show one thing you can do for us is go and leave us five stars go if you appreciate the fact that we're trying to do uh be the most positive community out there um then go and leave us five stars leave us a nice review it helps us grow the show helps us reach more and more people around the world it is something special that you can do for us that takes you no time costs you no money so we appreciate you for that guys i am so excited to have dan on board as the fifth host of ddp today as we look over the history of ddp today dan you'll be the sixth host you know what i mean as we go for the next 10 15 20 30 years uh down the line as we uh you know uh maybe add people stuff like that uh but you are the you're the new host welcome to the show my friend um you have been a great friend to all of us you have been someone that uh especially over the past couple years i've become extremely close with um i text with you and then you call me which is we're gonna have to work on that Um, that's something that we don't do (laughs) i'm a justin you know i'm a talker i don't like i don't like texting i like i like you know the human voice i like to hear it so thank you yes thank you text me and then I just call you right back. I'm like, hey, let's and just I talk this the out. Call because... And I text you and say, no, 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 no. We don't do that. Um, so, so we'll work on that aspect of things. Um, but, dude, I, it's so it's so great to have you, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the brotherhood. Welcome to the family um, inside the you know the inner inner circle here of all the secrets and stuff that go on. So uh, the, the, magic, the magic that we try to create each and every week, the ideas that we try to put out there, and we are super excited to bring you into the fold. So welcome, buddy. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm I'm really happy and excited to be here. Uh, I know when you guys first talked to me before, like you know, I, I was kind of like, you know, get out of here. You you don't want me to join you. I kind of kind of like felt like I was. What movie was that? I think it was like Hall Pass, where you know you have a a, a pretty good looking person, and then they're like they call it the illusion theory. They just surround themselves with ugly people, so they like you're like here, just go like this, and then. Oh, you see, you can see what they really look. So it's like you're it's just kind of bringing Dan in. How I Met Your Mother. It is, yeah. It's, is it really? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. So, it's the so father's like, you know what? Hey, just bringing Dan in to make everyone else look good. So hey, if I have to be the the butt of the joke every once in a while, that's all right. You know, I know how seniority. You're going through works. a little little DDP hazing right now, but we'll take care of you. Uh, we're great. Well, I will tell you what, let's close it up. Closing words, guys. Before we head over to Patreon, we're going to talk a little bit about vocabulary. Um, you know, as a Disney individual, um, you know, we have a, if you're a Disney fan, you have a certain vocabulary that the outside world just doesn't understand. But there's other vocabulary out there that a lot of people don't understand either. And I'm going to test you guys on the vocabulary and we're going to see how you would use it in your daily life and see if you get it correct or not. Dave, closing words, buddy. Um, I mean... Epcot is a testimony to the continuation of the of the dream that was Walt Disney and what became Walt Disney World. Um, it's a pivotal part of what we do on a daily basis here in Central Florida. Um, and and when we finally uh, tear down those walls, uh, it will be stunning right through that uh, central area to uh, join so much of the overhaul that has happened. Uh, I've referenced it before in this podcast that it comes as the final uh, revolution, uh, uh, the final part of the cycle of the four parks over the last nearly 10 years, um, the completion of Epcot. And uh, I look forward to that happening uh, during its 40th anniversary year. Uh, Mike, how about you, man? 
Uh, you know, you said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm super excited to have Dan on the show. Uh, we, you know, we talked about it, obviously, uh, you know, coming on and wanting to be part of this. And, you know, he's, he's a great fit for the show. I'm really excited to have his input. And, you know, and now I'm not the one that's completely north. So he's, he's ahead of me north. So I was, I've always been fighting that battle. And, you know, uh, so now he's the guy way up north. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm one of the southern boys now, one of the high four corridor boys, as you guys, as Joe likes to say it. But, right. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to have him. Um, you know, Dan, like I said, you've been you've been a great friend to us. You've been a great, you know, addition to my family here too. You know, you've always been a fantastic guy, and I'm looking forward to the future of you on the show. And I think it's going to be really really good. Joe, the creator of the I4 Corridor Boys, buddy. Closing words. <laughs> Yeah, so first of all, we're going to definitely have to work on a T-shirt design for that. I just kind of thought of that. No! Yes, definitely need that. So, uh, But no, Dan, it's great to have you on the show, brother. Uh, I know how excited Dave and I were when we joined uh, this family here, so glad to have you on board. Also really glad to have all of us together on a call at the same time on a show. It's been crazy, all of our work schedules. I know we say that every time we record, but it really, guys, it's really hard to get us all together. Like, Mike's got a crazy schedule. I've got a crazy schedule. Dave's always in the parks. Uh, I guess working, you know, having fun, you know, giving great tours. Uh, but it's good to have everybody on the show uh, tonight. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's only fitting to welcome Dan onto onto the show here. And uh, I'm excited for Patreon, so stand by. You guys are 100% on deck. DDP Today family, have an amazing week. Spread some Disney cheer. And patron family, we cannot wait to talk a little vocabulary on the other side. Everybody, we'll see you real soon. Have a good night. Cheers. Have a good night. Have a good night. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the <laughs> and that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.